0: And, and the things that we can do in a life that's been saved by the Lord. The first one is saving lives, and the second one is fulfilling the call that God's given us. Do you still remember? You still remember, right? And the third one is, and it's the work that God's been given to us, and God's going to give fruits that are going to remain in us. And today we're going to be talking about the things that God can do in our lives. There's still a lot of things that we can do in our lives as people who have already been saved by the Lord. Okay, let's open up together. John 14:12. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. If we just look at this one verse, if we look at it spot on, we're, we're not going to go into the context. And to understand the context from John 14:12, we need to look at the first verse. The first verse says this, in John fourteen one, let your heart not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. It turns out that in John fourteen talks about believe in God. Believe in Jesus Christ. We know that John fourteen is a very special passage because after that, it's followed by uh, verse six, which is a very popular verse. It's for declaration, which it talks about Jesus being the one and only Savior. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through me. This is a very, very special verse. It's a very distinct verse because it talks about faith. It talks about our faith in Jesus Christ. And then in verse 12, it's also followed by verses 13 and 14. And let's, let's look at 13 and 14 together. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. It's amazing. So, verse th- 12, you can't, you can't cut it out. You can't cut it out on its own because you won't know its context. You won't know what's being talked about here by Jesus. But if we look from the first verse to the very last verse, in you know, in passage 14 here, we'll understand that verse 12, he's actually talking about faith. It's talking about our trust in Jesus Christ. Now, about trusting in Jesus Christ by doing great things. Those those things can't be separated. So believing in Jesus and doing great things, they are two things that cannot be separated. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, tell people on your left and your right, tell them that, hey, believe in Jesus and do do great things. Those are two things that can't be separated. And let that stay in your hearts. This is very important. Because if we only believe in Jesus, but we're not brave enough to do great things, well then our faith in God we need to question our faith in God, Amen. Because you, if you and I have confessed that we both believe in Jesus, but we're not brave enough to do great things, we're not, we're not brave enough to do to think big things or doing bigger things in our life, then we need to really question our faith in Jesus. This is very important because today. We really need to see what is it G- that Jesus is wanting to say to us today. So we know exactly that the context of this discussion here in John 14 is about faith the trust. In verse 12, it's only relevant if there's faith and there's trust in Jesus. If today you're still what hesitant, you're still so-so, your faith in God is just, oh, yeah, I believe, I believe. then no, it's not, it's not, this verse is not valid for you. But if you say, and you, you say truly in your heart, yes, I believe in Jesus, yes, I really believe, then the amazing things will happen. You can do amazing things. And we have to do amazing things. The first question we need to answer is, do we believe in Jesus? Do we truly believe in Jesus? Do we really have faith in Jesus, really faith in Jesus? true faith? If we both believe and we both have faith in Jesus, if we really do, this verse 12 will truly happen in your life. Great things will definitely happen in your life. There will not be any exceptions. Oh, except this. Oh, except that. Oh, except this or that. No, there won't be anything like that because in verse 12 here, it involves Jesus and it involves Father in Heaven. Because if you look at me, if you look at because Jesus if you, look, you see me, you will see the Father in heaven. This is very important. The understanding of this is very important. Because often, often we just take verse 12 out of this, out of context. But we have to see its total context around it. If we see it's over context, then you'll be able to say that Jesus is the one and only Savior. You need to dream big, and you need to think big, and you need to act big, you need to do big. And you'll experience it. I'm very enthusiastic today. Because I want to teach this so that the a congregation here at right? the so you can do great things. Eh, Amen? And whatever you're experiencing today, or however successful you are at the moment, is not even anything yet. Amen? Because you'll experience things that are even greater than this. Amen? You're experiencing that even greater than this. Hallelujah! Have we ever imagined how big this is? How how powerful it is, and how rich and how amazing is our Father in heaven? Have you ever imagined this? How, like how great is He? How amazing is our God in heaven? Have you ever imagined this? Let's look at Psalm eight. Psalm 8.4, it says, What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? It's really truly incredible. What is man that that you would remember him? The Bible says that the skies were made by God. The moon and the stars, he placed them there. 'm really I really enjoy watching shows on TV which talk about the universe about the environment about the galaxy i 'm one of those people that I like looking at the skies when I was little. I used to look up at the skies and I thought and I used to I used to count the stars that I would see in the sky, but never I could never count them there 's just too many, but it 's true you know the universe is just incredible. We live inside a galaxy, and the Sun is uh, uh, orbited by many planets. And we can only see some of those planets through, through a satellite. And it's been recently found that there were a number of planets which are very similar to the Earth. And so people got really excited and started to research again, and they thought, "Oh, maybe there's aliens there. Alien. Aliens, is that right? Alien. Are there really aliens that are living that are living out there in another galaxy or something?" Mm. They found another galaxy which could be found, which was that. 600 million light years away together they the the light had to go 600 million light years away can you imagine but there's a galaxy out there it's amazing and if that's over there just such an incredible galaxy and then there's millions not just one or a thousand but there's millions in this universe can you imagine uh, how big or how powerful our God is. It's incredible, isn't it? In just in this earth, you can see like the natural natural resources. For even thousands of years like we've never run out. In Irian Jaya, the natural resources there, the the gold, like even they do mining for gold and they take however much, like it still never runs out. And that's just in one particular place in Irian Jaya. And in the whole, over the whole earth, how many places are there like this? There's so many places, like mining fields for gold and that. So can you just imagine how incredible is our God? How powerful, how rich is our Father in Heaven? So if you believe in our Father in Heaven, and today you believe in our Father in Heaven, Can you imagine that we, as sons of God, we have a privilege? Who who feels that they are a rich person here? Praise God. Who feels that they are a poor person? No, no one, right? Hallelujah. No one here is poor. Because everyone's rich. Amen. Do you believe? Where does richness come from? Where does wealth come from? Does it come from here? From here? Wealth comes from here. The number one place comes from here. You can be rich with all the goodness and the grace of God. And then you can start being rich here. And then you'll be rich in your wallet. A lot of people don't understand this principle. They are, it's so incredible how rich and how incredible is God. And in Isaiah, it says, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? It's incredible. I shared in February about how I judged Solomon. I thought, oh, Solomon is just too much because he was used to build the temple of God and he used... Because 500,000 years of gold was used by Solomon to build the temple of God. And so today, and today, someone's trying to build a church building which is about 500, 500 million, what would you think? What would your response be? And we would say, oh, the congregation's really rich. Everyone could have their own villas. Everyone could have a house in front of the beach. But that was done by Solomon. Why? Why could it be like that? How come Solomon really, really wanted that as soon as he came into power, Solomon used all his power to build God's temple. David wasn't given permission by the Lord to to build the temple because he said, there's blood on your hands. But Solomon was used by the Lord to build the temple. David had to go through battles and wars, but Solomon just enjoyed all the spoils of it. We want it to be like that? Okay, yeah, all right. Well, you need to enjoy it today. Jesus died for us, and we're the ones who en- who get the benefits from it. We just enjoy it. The matter is, is that how we enjoy it. We don't, we don't know. We don't understand. But you do know you know what you ask for? It will be given to you. <laughs> you need to remember this this verse. Whatever you ask for in my name, I will give it to you. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. <laughs> I was sharing with y- y- Yuli the other day, and I, I'm someone that doesn't always... I don't often ask things from from people here in Australia. And when my wife was uh, diagnosed with liver cirrhosis, I was really down. <laughs> because liver cirrhosis and heart cancer is actually very... And, and liver cancer is very similar. But I believed and I said, God, Father... We prayed together and we cried together and I said to God, Lord, I I ask that in Jesus' name. And I believe because you died for us all, for me and for my wife, and including for her, her illness. And so, Lord, I believe you've already healed her because you said on the cross, you said it's all been completed. And so through that I prayed. And around in, in January, after Mena had gone through a process, a blood test, a few times. She CT scans a number of times, and every time the result was cirrhosis. And the doctor said, you can only be healed if there's a miracle. If you have no miracle, then it's all gone. It's all done. In November, science... There were signs that were showing, symptoms started showing. In December we to check up. And in January, I prayed to the Lord. And in February, the Lord healed her. In the final endoscopy, the specialist said it's clear there's no more symptoms of cirrhosis anymore. Isn't that incredible? Tell people, we are God's children. So you have a, if, if you have a problem, He can help you out. So let's, let's be like little children. If we're like little children, we can really enjoy the things that the Father has provided for us. He when you were little, you would get a, you would get a toy, and you would come see your mommy. You say, "Mama," you say, "Mama, it's broken." And then what would you, what would you do? Would you be angry? Would your mom be angry? And they'd say, "Oh, bring it here, bring it here, bring it here. I'll fix it." And you can just try to fix it, and you can't fix it, so you buy a new one. And that's what you would do. So we, we need to, th- we can't think like them, but we need to think like the children. Like that. if we can think like a little child like that. If we do that to the f- with the Father, then it would be incredible. Amen. Amen. Liver cirrhosis, even to your head, if you're looking for a cure, to your head goes bored, there will be nothing. Why is that? Because the, the liver has gone hard already. And you can't you can't replace liver cells. You can't replace them liver cells and brain cells you can't, you can't replace them if they're, if they're destroyed they're already destroyed so we need to use our brain cells so that we, they, don't get, they don't get destroyed and liver cells if it's not working then our liver can't work properly so God is just incredible so if we're talking about faith if you want to define it in terms of in terms of faith I want to, I want to show you a really easy definition of faith it's an ability to believe an ability to believe in God as he as he is so it's your ability to believe in God as he is not, not in terms of what we think he's like, but believing in him in terms of who he actually is. Sometimes we can believe in God in terms of what we think he is, but it's not definitely what he really is. We need to believe in God in, in terms of who he actually is, in accordance with actually what the Bible says he is. If you, if you can't be bothered reading the Bible, then you'll never get to know God for who he actually is. Because only people who like to read the Bible, people who want to read the Bible, who want to meditate on the God's Word, they are the ones who will be able to understand and will be able to know what God is like, who God is. Those people who have faith in God for who He actually is. Maybe those people are really simple people. Maybe they they didn't finish university. They never did Masters or PhD or anything. But they want to know God and they want to believe in God for who He actually is. you think they're going to experience great things? Yes. When I was still serving God in Indonesia, in the villages in Indonesia, I was really happy. Why? Because I really like serving people in the village because they're really simple people, they're really innocent. <laughs> not cute and fat and not bold. They're just normal people, you know, they don't look incredible or anything, but, but if these people believe, their faith is just incredible. There was one time, when I came to one village in Indonesia, and there was one congregation, just got in, in the entrance of the village, and I was welcomed by them, they brought me in. They had lots of testimonies to share. And there was one person who shared this, and I was amazed. And they said, yesterday I prayed for someone. And I said, and he said, who did you pray for? And he said, I prayed for a cow. I prayed for my neighbor's cow. The cow was sick. And I was just staring at him. And I said, I didn't teach you to to pray for a cow. I said, I told you to pray for, pray for a person. He said, oh, it's the same thing. He said, Oh it's the same thing. If if humans can get healed, also animals can also get healed. And my, my neighbor's cow already wanted to die. And I said to my neighbor, Do you believe you believe in Jesus, right? You believe in Jesus. If you believe in if you believe in Jesus, your cow will get healed. And my neighbour said first I didn't believe and I and I Told him a story about how I got, I got healed, and my, my neighbour started to believe. And then he said, "Okay, just pray for my account. If you don't pray for him, it'll die." So, so you know, if you don't pray for it, it's going to die anyway. So if you if you pray for it, then yeah, it'll get healed. So you're yeah, not losing anything. So people in the village, they're 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 stupid, but they're smart. So in, in the name of Jesus, I prayed for the, the cow. My neighbor's cow. And it was incredible. This cow, which was meant to die, couldn't even stand up. And it stood up and it was healed. Isn't that incredible? And I want to let you know that God's power is really working. May everyone who breathes on this earth and everyone who is alive on this earth give praise to the Lord. And it turns out that God can actually work in the lives of animals as well. He's not only restricted. His power not restricted. If we believe, we will do great things. Let's tell the person next to you. If we believe, we will do great things. We will experience great things. We will experience great things. But don't forget... It's if, if we believe. This is really important. So often, we underestimate God. We l- we lower God and we, we don't see Him the way He actually is. And we, we measure Him in a res- very restricted kind of a way. And as smart as we are, in terms of thinking about God, we, just, we still don't understand Him. We still don't know Him. We won't be able to. But if we want to believe for Him, for who He actually is, then that's just where it's incredible. <laughs> if we look at God just in terms of our, our very restricted eyes, then He will just remain constrained and restricted like that. It will seem quite small and simple. Is it true? If you've got binoculars, what can you see? You can only see in those tiny holes, can't you? You can see quite far, but you can only see what's in the circles. And what's actually going on, it's not actually what you see in those circles, but it's actually what's going on more vast than that. But if we if we only look at God in terms of a, s- a tiny and restrictive view and it'll only be restricted to what we think about in our head and it'll be restricted to our feelings and what we feel but if we let God just work freely and let him work fully in our lives we will experience there haven't been by many people at all We will see things that we've never seen with our eyes, or never, s- never heard before. And this is all being provided by God for those who love Him. In 1 Chronicles 29, 11 to 12, it says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. In another part of the Bible, it says, in your right hand is gold, and your left hand is silver. God is incredible. If we look at God for who He actually is, you would just be incre- you'd be amazed. How can He be like that? we will be like, wow. We've been given this opportunity to believe in God and call Him Father. Have you ever thought like that before? Just imagine if there's a kid on the street and he calls you, says Father, Dad, Mom. What would you say to them? Be like, you're crazy, yeah. Do you want to be called mom and dad by a kid, just a random kid on the street? Hi mom, hi dad. Do you want to be called like that? If by some kid that you don't know them, they call you mom and dad? You won't, you won't, wanna, you won't want them to say that. So who, who are we to be able to call our father? This incredible God in heaven, we're, this incredible God, we're able to call him father. We still can't be bothered reading the Bible, we can't be bothered praying, we can't be bothered going to church, sometimes we still want to pay tithing, and we're able to call Him Father, our Father had them we're able to call the God who created the heavens and the earth and all the stars, we're able to call Him Father, who are we to be able to say that? So maybe if there was a kid on the streets... Who's just wearing like dirty clothes and all that and met you in the supermarket or the shopping center, and he said, "Hi, Dad." and told his friends, "Oh, this is my father. You'd probably be quite embarrassed, right?" And they think, why would my why would my kid be dirty like this? You'll be really embarrassed, but our Father in heaven is not embarrassed for us to call him God, even though we're not good. We also, we liars, often we're liars. We just say, like, oh, it's a white lie, it's just a, just a little lie. And we're so often we're liars, but God in heaven still wants us, is happy for us to call Him Father. Can you imagine? It's such a huge privilege in our lives. Amen. Our Father in heaven who is just incredible and amazing, and we're able to call Him Father, and He's just not embarrassed for us to call Him Father. That's just incredible. So, I mean, there's something in the meaning of Father, which has been prepared for us. There's just a true, amazing love, which cannot, which is immeasurable, which is from Him. To the point that He wants to be called Father by us. But so often we underestimate Him. And sorry, yeah, we're we're quite stupid ourselves. There's one story in the Bible, it's quite interesting. In Luke 15, you probably already know this story, the story—the prodigal son, the lost, the lost son. You know that you know the story, right? How the, s- the Bible talks so clearly as you know the story. There was a, there was a, the youngest child who asked for his inheritance from his father, which is you know considered by the Jews as a huge embarrassment, huge offense, because. It's just basically acting as if the fathers already died because you only give the inheritance once the your father the parents have been your parents have died. So if I had a if I had a child who asked me right now, oh, you had a child ask you now, oh, can I have my inheritance now? What would you do? What would you say? You say, oh, did you eat something wrong today? What did you eat last night? How could you ask me that today? It's really rude, isn't it? And even though the, even though this is so rude, the father still says, "Okay, yes, this is your inheritance. This is your part for you." And he went and he lived uh, very excessively, and to the point where he had to come back because he just lost everything. And it says, "From the from far away, the father looked and saw him. So the father is waiting. The father looking out for him and he's, like, and he's thinking, Oh, when is my chi- my child coming home?'" Do you know that the Father's heart is like that for us? So don't forget to respect your parents. Or when you go, let your parents know that, Hey, I'm here, Mom. I'm here, Dad. You don't need to tell them too much. You just tell them because it'll make them so happy. Normally parents love their kids. So children who respect and love and remember their parents, they'll be very... the parents are very happy. And so for in the story that the father saw his child from afar and he ran... And when he saw his kid from afar, he ran over and hugged his child. And then the child said, I'm, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Let me be your slave. Let me be your employee. Here, your your servant here, because I'm not worthy to be called your son. I've sinned against God and against you." And his father said, what did his father say? He said, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you deserve to be my slave. He said, no, he embraced him. And in the Bible it says he embraced his child and he kissed his child. And then he called his servant and he said, take the best cloak. And he gave his ring to his child, and he says, "Get the best shoes. Get the get the cloak. Best cloak. The cloak talks about reaccepting his child, as though he's a child that never done anything wrong. Give the best cloak. Give the best shoes. Gave the best ring. What does that mean?" It means that his rights have been restored, his rights as a child has been has restored. Not as a servant, not as a slave. And he says, take, take the good calf, take the fattest calf and woo. And we'll have a party because my child who's been lost, has now been found in his back. Isn't God amazing? And I really believe that this story is talking about the father's heart, amen? And the interesting thing is that the eldest child, when the eldest child came back from the fields, he said, Oh, what's going on? There's so many people here. What's this party going on? And he asked one of the servants there, Oh, and he said, Oh, your father is having a party because your, your younger brother has come back. If you have a brother or sister that, that disappeared and came back, you'd be happy, right? He'd be happy, yeah. But it says in, that this eldest child was actually really angry. Because, like what I normally say, people are happy when they see people in difficulty, but they don't like it when they see people are happy. And he was really angry and he talked to his father and he said, my young brother, he's been terrible to you. How can you act like this? He's already asked for, for his inheritance, and they going gone and spent all the money, and you still want to have a party for him, and even you you're even taking the best, the fattest calf for him, and I have been working for you, and every day I work for you, and I'm obedient to you, and I never, I never go outside of your commands. And where's my, where's my party with my friends? Can you imagine? This, the really the terrible youngest kid was given the fattest calf, but then the oldest child. Even it's as though like even a even just a normal calf, even just some goat wasn't ever celebrated for him. And the father, what did the, father say? the father said that, but you're always here with me. You you always live here, and he said, whatever I have, it's always yours. So who who's stupid here? And the, yeah, the oldest child is because he lives with the father. He lives with the father. And he says, oh, I never even, you don't even make goat for me. You don't even give a goat for me. And, he, and it's pretty stupid because, well, this the, the child never asks for it. If we can laugh at this eldest child we also need to laugh at ourselves. Because with God we are also like this. We say, Oh we say, God, Lord, I need this, I need this. Why don't you give it to me? As the eldest child, we don't we don't need to ask for it, we just need to, to go grab the goat and have a party. Do you think the father will be angry? <laughs> well, open up his open up his receipt book and, and charge him. No, 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 definitely not. And I'm someone who's done this before. In fact, like, my mom was making a cake, I would say, Mom, I'll help you out, yeah? And then she would say, oh, okay, yeah, sure, help me. And I would use the rolling pin. And I would use the rolling pin to make like the bread. And I'd roll. And she would say, Oh, it's not ready yet. She'd say, Do it again. We didn't have mixers back then, we'd have to use our hands. And then after it got a bit hotter. And then she would give it to me and I would roll it out. And then I'd roll it so it's thin. My mom would sometimes say, "This is the, this is the mold. Can you like take, take the prints out?" And my mom would put it in the oven. And when it came out, we had some. <laughs> and when we, I would, I would make the shapes in it, and I would also, and I would eat while I was doing it. And so afterwards, everything would be gone, all the food would be gone. But my mom would never get angry with me. Is there anyone that gets angry when they see their child eating their food? No, there's no. We have this, we have a father who is just so wealthy and owns everything. But if we're not brave enough to claim, we're not bra- brave enough to do these great things. We need to be brave enough to see, God. not from our own perspective. And even someone... Someone said this at the very beginning, when I first became a Christian. I would, I would say, Oh God, can I have this? Oh God, can I have this money? Can I have money, please? And then this person told me, like, Oh, you, you shouldn't ask for this. You shouldn't ask for these little things. But I would say, Oh God, I'm studying. Can you help me? Oh God, I'm doing this. Can you help me? And he would say, you can't do that. You can't just ask for all these things that you want. And this was the Christian who told me this. And I thought, oh, why? Uh, when I had a headache, I would say, Lord, would you heal me? And I was hungry, and I would say, Lord, would you give me food? And why? Why do we restrict ourselves? As though God is this, this huge king who is like sitting on a throne, like an incredible throne. And if we, if we want to approach Him, we need to, like, we need to crawl on the ground. We need to like, go on our feet, our hands and feet. But know that we have a Father in Heaven who is so compassionate at any time, 24-7, He's ready for us to come to Him. He's ready for us to come to Him, complain, to lament, to, to share things with Him anytime. Any problem that you want to complain to Him, like, you can just go to Him. We don't need to be. We don't need to be doubtful or hesitant. If you want to ask him for something small, for something big, you can. You can do it. You can just go for it. We need to. We need to learn this. We need to put this into practice. We have a big God, and I talked about how God had healed men from the said, a from liver to said The doctors said it would only happen through a, a miracle, and that's exactly what God did. If if Christians aren't living with miracles happening in their life, and then. Christians are living with God in heaven. We're, we're working with a supernatural God, not just a natural God. Even though we're, we step and we're, we're walking on this ground, we need to remember that we're, we're working in this amazing universe. We have this privilege to be living in this incredible world, because a world full of miracles, because we're it's God's children. We can experience and we can enjoy His blessings. Hallelujah. And so often we're not, not brave enough to think out of the box. We're not brave enough to think about of the th- like outside not what normally happens. Because if we can get power, we can get authority to think of out, out of the box. We need to think of big things, which doesn't make sense, according to human standards. But believe me, it always makes sense according to God. And I want to declare to you, we need to pray, we need to believe that God will give us our own building. We need to ask for God's blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. In 1 Chronicles, Whatever we want to do, God will give it to us. As long as our motivations are all for His glory, not for us, not for just our own, for our own goodness. So, oh yeah, see, I'll say we have an amazing building; it's huge, it's big, but it's all for God's glory. We're not. We we shouldn't be. We're not. Sometimes we're not brave enough to do anything because we just say, "Oh, we don't. We're so incapable." But automatically, we can't experience God's blessings if we keep thinking small if our, if we, our courage is small we will never experience God as though, as we should we won't be able to receive his blessings and his promises as we should in 1 Corinthians 12:9 to 10 I, I quoted this before but i want i want to read it together with you now let's read it together 1 Corinthians 12:9 to 10 Okay, let's read it together. But as it is written, what is not seen by the eyes and what is not heard by the ears and what is not come in the humans' hearts everything that is being prepared for me who loves him because to me god has said by his spirit because the spirit examines everything even i think those things that are hidden in us amen and i want to explain this in verse 10 people often often don't understand what it means so for those who believe in jesus they've been given the, the holy spirit Jesus, I will go up and the Holy Spirit will come here. It's better that I go to heaven so that the Holy Spirit can come down here. The Holy Spirit has been given into your life and my life to live in our lives. So you and I, we have the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. It's a guarantee. So I want to ask you, where is the Holy Spirit now? Where is He? Is it he Is He here? Is He here? Is He here? Where where is He? He's in your lives. That's true, right? The Holy Spirit is in your lives. He's a guarantee in our lives. We have a guarantee. And I want to invite you to look at... I want you to hear this illustration. It's a testimony. It was a number of years before I came to Australia. I was with my children and my wife. And we took a holiday to Bali. And often when I go on a holiday, it's it's often on public holidays as well. I think it was during the end of Ramadan or end of year or something. But there was a really long queue in the Kilimanjaro. Kiliman- up to 30 kilometers. And I had a driver and I said, oh. And I said, how long have you been waiting? And he said, oh, I've been here since yesterday. And I said, huh? You've been in a queue for a whole day. Oh, my kids will go crazy in the car. It's in Kilimanjaro, in the villages. It's not good for kids. And I thought, oh. And I took out my Garuda card, and I showed the police, and I said, oh, can you please give me your telephone number? And I and I called the. I called the place and, they, and they, they picked me up. And at that time, they were, we were on a bus, we were in a tour group. And he came up onto the bus and he, and he showed respect to me. And then we got on a bus and to the banyuwangi And then we and we went on the bus and we went straight to the front. And the policeman came on the bus and even the, the ferry came out to us and said, Stop! And the ferry that goes over the water. You know why? Because he saw the Garuda card that I had. When he saw this Garuda card that I had with the authority of the cr- the, the Garuda card, it, it's in seen as a family of the of the president. Because they're like a VIP that has to be given good support and you have to do everything for this VIP. No one can complain. This is a law in Indonesia. Do you know what I'm saying? So personally, I felt really bad. There was a 30-kilometer queue. And I, we just overtook everyone. Uh, and the policeman was there because he was he was the one in charge. He was the one, the authority in the situation. And he told a truck to get out of the ferry because, because of this Garuda card. Because the Garuda card means that, that we need to come on first. So the bus, the bus that we want, we have to come through first. This is a privilege. This is just true authority. Do you know what I'm saying? The palace is in Jakarta, but the authority was being displayed in Glimano. So our Father is in heaven, He's also like that. His authority is in this earth, even though He's in heaven. Do you know what I'm saying? And we don't don't just get a Garuda card, we have a card from heaven. This is a huge authority. Since illnesses and diseases, they're they're not brave enough to come near this card. And demons are not brave enough to come near this card. But this is only if you truly believe. So we really need to be sincere. Lots of Christians are not sincere. They say they believe, they say they believe, but they're not sincere. They don't really believe. So even though they have this card, they don't know and they can't use it. And when I first came to Australia, I've already told you this story before, of how I was brought here by the Lord, because I was sponsored by a company in Australia, as a professional. And here, or briefly, the story is that, um, as a professional, I came here to work on a project, and then the project got canceled. And I came here with my wife and my four children. My children had already gone into the private school. We'd already rented a huge house, which was about $800 a week. And I thought, God, what am I doing here in Australia? Why am I why making all this effort to come to Indonesia? I thought, well, gee, I can just go back to Indonesia. We've got a house, we've got work, we've got ministry going on over there. But what did God say? No, you're not allowed to go back. You need to live here. You need to stay here. I'm going to teach you how to live by faith. And when I was obedient to the Lord, and I just simply said this, I said, God, I don't have an income. These, my needs are this big. I've got four kids in private school. Our uh, living costs are huge. But what happened? It was just incredible. Every week, in my mailbox, there was envelope. There was envelopes in my mailbox which had brand new Australian dollars in it. This envelope didn't have a name on it. It didn't say who sent it. But every week there was in my post my mailbox, and this money was just enough to, to look after us f- every week, and this happened for four months. But the very funny thing is, but every time I, I thought, "Well, oh this is Sunday, and tomorrow's Monday, and the mon- and tomorrow it'll be there." And I looked there, and there wasn't there. And I thought, "Oh, maybe God forgot, and then tomorrow it'll be there. And then I looked again, and it wasn't there. And then God corrected me. He said, "Ah, oh, you've fallen in love with my envelopes, haven't you? You don't, you don't love me. You don't love God. You love my money, don't you?" And then I was hurt, and I said, "Oh, forgive me, Lord. Would you forgive me?" Because sometimes we say, "Oh, I love you, Lord," but actually, we really love His money. It's not different, you know. But if we really want to be honest, we say, we think, "Oh." I love your blessings, not I love God. And then I said, God, today I want to promise. I don't want to see that envelope anymore. If it's there, if it's not, it's the same thing. But the most important thing is that I want to love you. Amen? And it happened for four months. We as a family, we were totally protected and looked after by the Lord. And up until this very day, it's still a mystery to me. I don't know who sent it because it didn't have a name on it, but every single week it was there. And every week it was exactly enough for us. God is just incredible. And one day I wanted to have bakso. You know what it's like as Indonesians? And I wanted to have some some meatball soup. And I know some really nice bakso from Indonesia. And back in that time I didn't have bakso which was already ready to go, and I thought, oh, I thought I to have some meatball soup. when oh, it's this really cold day. I thought, oh, that'd be really good. And I remember, oh, my blender. I didn't bring my blender. I left it in Indonesia But if I thought if I have a blender here and in here, I could make my own bakso And I was, I was thinking of this when I was doing my quiet time in the morning. And you know, sometimes it happens when you're doing quiet time. You feel like meatball soup. And I was just thinking about it, and it was in the morning, and at one o'clock in the day, someone came to the door, and he said, I, I have a blender, it's still really good. Would you have it? Can you imagine how amazing is God? It's so incredible. Even if I want, just, if I just ask for meatball soup, how much more is he going to lift up to your work and your family and your household? because we are children, we're really His children. It's not just the name, but we are actually His children who believe and who love the Father in Heaven. So today, if we're still still half-hearted, we're just acting like so-so with God, today we need to recommit against Him. We need to say, God today, I want to love you. I want to really love you. I want to be sincere. Often we just have so many excuses. Oh, it's cold, I can't be bothered going to church. If it's cold, if it's cold, if it's it's hot, it's too hot because oh there's no there's no air conditioning and we have so many excuses. And we say, Oh it's just such a hassle, oh I'm so busy. And we just have so many excuses to not come to a service. And so often we yeah, we so often we're silent like this. If we're like that. Can we really say that we believe? If we're like that, we can't say that we believe. People that believe, they prioritize God. He's number one. No, the number one thing they do is they love God, because that's why it says for those who love Him. If today you love Him, I love Him. You need to believe. Whatever, it, whatever it is big. You will receive it. What is it today that you're still doubtful about, or you still hesitant about? Well, then it's not going to be happening in your life. But if you believe, then it will happen. We need to remember that our God in heaven, He provides everything that we need, from the smallest things to the biggest things. So today I'm not going to be extending my sermon anymore, but I really want this to enter into your hearts and your minds. So whatever it today in your mind is impossible, we need to we need to realize that this is very small. This is very maybe this is something really big for you, but for our Father in Heaven that's something that's really small. It's a really small issue. You know, your sicknesses are just something small, your, the issues that you're facing, they're just small because our Father in Heaven, He's huge. So whatever your matter, whatever problems are going on for you right now, if it's in your household, or in your work, maybe you're, you're worried of thinking about, oh, what am I going to do at work? Oh, what if I get fired? Then you don't need to worry because our Father in Heaven is very big. Because today, the most important thing for we need to do is we need to believe. We need to truly believe. We need to place Him to be the priority in our lives. Automatically, He needs to be our priority. If you position Him as your, and put Him as your number one priority, then you need to allow Him to be a priority in your life. Our names are written on the palms of His hand. Today, you need to firm your work on your heart. Don't have any excuses more with God. We need to really be His children. Do great things and experience great things. Okay, let's pray. Mm-hmm.